0: Welcome to the Green Feathers Gridiron Podcast, where we tackle the NFL's biggest headlines, break down games, and explore league topics, all through the passionate perspective of a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Get ready for insightful analysis, player spotlights, and more. Whether you bleed green or cheer for another team, I've got your NFL fix right here. So join me. The Green Feathers Gridiron Podcast starts now. Welcome on in and thank you for joining us. I know we took off a little bit of time, had a little bit of a hiatus, about one week's worth, but we are back and what a game. Eagles beat the Vikings 34-28 on Thursday Night Football. Very, very interesting game to watch. From an Eagles fan standpoint, there were some really good things and some uh, kind of concerning things. Eagles uh, got the win, obviously, tonight. Also beat the Patriots the other day. Neither was the cleanest game. But uh, we're going to get into tonight's game, the Thursday night matchup against the Vikings here tonight. Thank you for joining me, and uh, let's get started. So here's my thoughts uh, initially on this game. The first two series, we went pass, 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 and the Vikings were all over it. We got nothing done the first two series of the game. Really, really Jalen ran a couple times, didn't look great. Finally, on the third series, we started getting uh, DeAndre Swift involved, and that probably ended up being the the difference in the game was having having a run game that actually was just so dominant tonight, over 250 yards rushing as a team, three total rushing touchdowns on the night. It took way too long to get into the run game, and I don't know if the Eagles were expecting the Vikings to just commit to stopping the pass as heavily as they did, but it took entirely too long to get to the run game. But eventually they got there and it and it paid dividends. Another quick thought here Britton Covey at this point, I don't understand why he still has a job on this team. Which pains me to say as I am a huge University of Utah fan. I was super excited when Britton Covey joined the team last year. But at this point I am all the way out on Britton Covey. He has, he's just not shown me anything in the punt return game to justify a spot, even at this point on, on the practice squad. You know, he's got one more week of practice squad eligibility to where he could be elevated. I really think we need to give Devin Allen a shot uh, or, or, or somebody else. I mean, holy cow, the, the fumble he had today was inexcusable he he runs when he probably should have called a fair catch and yes he did take a hit a little bit low but he should have had two hands on the ball he didn't and what little yardage he gained was quickly lost and then some being that luckily we dived on the ball as I can't remember who it was but um one of the Eagles players dived on the ball at the 10 yard line and Luckily, uh, things didn't end up worse. We ended up punting that possession. then the the Vikings turnovers started. So uh, I think they they fumbled the, the punt and then we threw an interception and then they fumbled again. I mean it was just it, it was just a, a a myriad an embarrassment of, of fumbles uh, for the Vikings. Another thing I noticed at the beginning of the game, especially Jalen, There's something going on with Jalen Hurts, man, and I can't quite put my finger on what it is, but he started out the game completely under-throwing the football to his receivers. Yes, Devontae Smith had a big catch for 50-plus yards down the right side of the field, but he had to stop and he had to come back just to catch the ball. Yes, he went up and it was a 50-50 ball, and he went up over the defender, caught the ball. That was amazing, but the ball was clearly underthrown, and then Jalen, maybe a series or two later, targeted Devontae across the middle and severely underthrew the ball, and it ended up getting picked off, and so he he just seems off. The other way he seems off is in the run game, at least the first couple of series, when he would be... I don't know if these were on necessarily designed runs or if they were when plays were breaking down, but he kind of seemed to just hesitate half a step and that allowed defenders to close on him. And he took a couple of decent shots, not something that I would expect would be too severe, but when you're trying to limit the hits your quarterback is taking, especially as a mobile quarterback, he just... Like I said, it just looked like he was hesitating, like he wasn't quite sure of himself. If he's just trying to process, should I slide? Should I go down? Should I toss it away? Just took too many hits and just wasn't very decisive as a runner until later in the game, and even later, it wasn't. It wasn't anything like what we saw last year. I mean, yeah, he ran for I think thirty some odd yards, but there weren't the big chunk runs that were that we're used to seeing from Jalen Hurts. What a game for Justin Evans, though, on the defensive side of the football. Two fumble recoveries uh, in the first quarter. Dude balled out, had a couple of good tackles throughout the game. Guy was solid. Definitely someone to keep your eyes on as the season progresses. He was an undrafted free agent, and uh, seeing how he's playing got me really excited. I was happy for the young man to to get a couple of those uh, fumble recoveries. Let's see what, what happens the rest of this season. Uh, towards the end of the first, I really really have to question some of the play calling from Brian Johnson today. As I mentioned earlier, it took entirely too long to get the run established and then at the end of the first quarter, we went away from the run again and the Eagles were unable to capitalize on the first two fumbles that the that the Vikings gave up. Also another weird, Moment for me was uh, in the first half, both Lane Johnson and Fletcher Cox, both of them veteran guys who've been with the team over a decade. You know, Fletcher's getting up there close to 12 or 13 years, I think. But both of them with pre-snap penalties, like, what is going on? Like, Just a complete lapse of concentration there. Was happy to see Jalen Carter get a sack in the early second quarter. On the defensive side of the ball, one thing that was concerning me is that I just noticed that the tight ends and crossing routes were a huge problem. And Hunter Henry last week against the Patriots had a day just running a lot of crossing routes across the middle. We seem to be having problems keeping coverage there. Now, that being said, I did think Zach Cunningham and uh, Nicholas Morrow had decent games Nicholas Morrow was elevated from the practice squad to the the active 53-man roster when N'Kobe Dean was put on IR, and uh, he was wearing the green dot, so he was getting the calls. He was handling the defense, and overall, I thought he had a solid day. There were a couple of times, like I said, on these crossing routes, it wasn't necessarily Morrow or Zach Cunningham in coverage. It seemed like we were getting beat over the middle, especially on a lot of early blitz situations. So that's something I think that the team needs to address going forward. And then missed tackles. I, I thought the I thought that overall the tackling was decent. Uh, we've got a lot of guys who were not expected to be starters playing tonight. There were two touchdowns in particular during this game that came because of missed tackles and maybe a little bit softer coverage but those are things that I think can overall be addressed and as I mentioned I think the team as a whole did a really solid job tackling except for those two those two missed tackles on on those touchdowns but those were really the only two that I remember the whole game but obviously you remember the ones that you get burned for for big scores. One thing I got to really express concern about at this point is Avante Maddox. And not just Avante, but I mean, Cainwell has been out. He missed the entire game. Reed Blankenship has been out. He missed the entire game. And then Quez Watkins went out with a hamstring. Boston Scott went out with a concussion. Bradbury was already out with a concussion. And we're just starting to... Get really thin at a lot of different positions really quickly. DeAndre Swift had himself a game. Rashad Penny made his Eagles debut today. Had a decent couple of runs. Nothing super fancy from Rashad Penny. But DeAndre Swift, man, he was like a man possessed. And we really needed him to be because our passing game was not good. But DeAndre Swift, man... Uh, he's let's just say he is aptly named that boy can absolutely run and he uh he burned the vikings today he had i believe 28 carries for 175 yards on a touchdown so congratulations to deandre swift gets his first touchdown as an eagle that was great to see I was kind of kind of mad there was a rashad penny holding call which was legit, but negated an A.J. Brown touchdown. A.J. still without a touchdown on the season. And uh, he's also had a, a disappointing couple of weeks today. He had four catches for, I believe, like 26 yards. Uh, seemed to be having a hard time getting him going. Dallas had six catches, I think, for like 22 yards. And Devontae Smith only had four catches. Granted, two of those were both gigantic plays. One, The first one was for 54 yards. The second one went for a touchdown and was like 60-some-odd yards. He had a, It was a huge night for him, just not a lot of volume. But big couple of chunk plays there for Devontae, and he got his second touchdown of the year as well. But yeah, coming back to Avante Maddox and the injuries, we just seem to be getting hit by the injury bug. Luckily, the Eagles kept a lot of corners, a lot of DBs. I think we should be okay. I thought the the guys that came in, and there was a bit of a rotation, but I thought the guys that came in in relief of Avante Maddox played pretty well. Like I mentioned, Justin Evans had a couple of good fumble recoveries, a couple of strong tackles. Terrell Edmonds forced a fumble at the goal line on Justin Jefferson that ended up rolling out of bounds, and we ended up getting a touchback, which led to a Jake Elliott's 61-yard field goal, tying his career long. There was an interesting stretch during the first 23 plays of the game. The announcer said this. There was one play for 54 yards, and that was Devontae's big catch down the right side that was underthrown by Jalen Hurts. The other 22 of the 23 first plays of the game for the Eagles combined went for 54 yards. So just the, the play calling was not great in the first half to start the game. I did feel that Brian Johnson got more into his groove when he committed to the run game, but maybe part of that is just the the Vikings' complete commitment to not getting burned deep. They were very often only rushing three and dropping eight, and so they were not going to get burned, and other than the two big chunk plays by Devontae, they really did not see much downfield. But running to the left side really seems to be working. That's where you got your big boys, obviously. You've got Jason Kelsey in the middle, Landon Dickerson at left guard, Jordan Mailata at left tackle. Right guard, yeah, Cam Jurgens is a serviceable right guard. But the big beefy boys on that left-hand side of the line, man, they are just going to kill you every single time. They are just so big. Every time the Eagles line up to do the tush push on third and short or fourth and short or one yard to go at the goal line, it's always to the left. Because you got, like I said, you got Dickerson, you've got Mylotta, and those guys are just beasts. And they can just pound you. And that running left of center seems to be working really well for the Eagles right now. I was surprised at how many fumbles the, the Vikings had. They had four total in the game, three in the first half. Just a really sloppy, sloppy day. One of the fumbles was... On Kirk Cousins, he did get sacked by Josh Sweat, who forced the fumble there. But I really wouldn't pin this loss, necessarily, on Kirk Cousins. He had a decent night. He had over 300 yards throwing. And Justin Jefferson, although he didn't score, had over 150 yards receiving. So they had an opportunity to win this game. You know, it ended up being a six-point game, 34-28 to 28 down the stretch. If it weren't for the the turnovers and the absolute ferocity of this defense, this could have been a very different game. Kirk Cousins played well enough to win this game. I feel like you take away his one one mistake was the fumble, but the other fumbles, like I said, there was one, I believe, on a punt return, and there was a couple on on a few catches that were downfield, and there was another one that was negated by, I believe it was Contavious Street lining up offsides, so it's hard to win as a quarterback when your team is constantly giving the ball away, especially to a team as high caliber as the Eagles. One other interesting stat, the Eagles in the first half were rushing for over five yards a carry, and that, I, that was another reason why I just thought it was so weird that towards the end of the first quarter, and even at the beginning of the first quarter, it just they went away from it so much, but maybe they were trying to see how committed the Vikings were to stopping the deep ball, and maybe that's why they kept trying to to poke and prod at them a bit. Happy to announce the tush push is still unstoppable. We needed a couple of first downs. We did get a couple of rushing touchdowns from Jalen Hurts with the tush push. I hope that play never goes away. And I was happy to see over the weekend there were several other games over sunday and monday where you know other teams are starting to employ the tush push i think it should be i don't think it should be illegal i don't think there's necessarily anything inherently dangerous about the play i don't agree with all the changes that the league is making to the kickoff but i can kind of understand why the league is making changes to the kickoff a lot of people get injured during that play but on a tush push man like Nobody gets injured on that play. There's no reason to ban that. So if you're in, if you're any team who are third and fourth and, and one to go, go to the tush push. Get yourself an easy first down, and let's let's really see how, how unstoppable this play is or isn't if you aren't a team named the Philadelphia Eagles. I'd be interested to see that. I uh, was happy to see Devontae finally got vertical, scored a nice long 60-plus-yard touchdown in the third quarter, Josh Job played a little bit soft, and I mentioned this earlier. I don't know if it was necessarily a busted coverage, but just maybe a little bit of too soft a coverage and a missed tackle from Josh Job led to a Vikings touchdown in the third quarter. We've already mentioned the injury bug. Boston Scott, Quez Watkins, and Avanti Maddox all went out this game. One really big concern for me in the third quarter came on the KJ Osborne touchdown. And that may have actually been early fourth quarter now that I'm thinking about it. But K.J. Osborne, the Vikings go play action, and he gets wide open in the end zone. Nobody around him. It just brought back bad memories of Super Bowl 57, where basically the Chiefs ran the same play to both sides of the fields and caught the Eagles flat-footed and were wide open in the end zone. I'm hoping that our defensive staff, coaches, and players can start to take a look at this kind of play and figure out what the heck they need to do to stop it because I'm getting sick and tired of these play action, not even trick plays, but just a simple play action pass. You get a guy coming across the back of the line and then sneaks into the end zone completely untouched. I'm sick of getting burned like that, so hopefully we can figure something out. One other thing that I will mention in regards to the Vikings, and I don't think this loss was so much on Kirk Cousins, but not only with the fumbles, but there were a lot of drops. It just, And it wasn't just one guy. A lot of Vikings receivers had, had drop balls. I don't remember exactly how many. I lost count towards the end of the game. It was so many, but many, many drop balls. Overall, I'm going to give out a couple of game balls, three game balls, I want to recognize these three players for their efforts. Without these three dudes, I don't think we win the game. Justin Evans, as I mentioned before, two fumble recoveries in the first half, several tackles throughout the rest of the game, and just was a solid, solid player. And as an undrafted free agent, I was super excited to see him have such a good game. Devontae Smith with four catches, 131 yards. That's insane to me. That's got to be... Almost a 40-yard average. Not quite 40-yard average per catch, but it's it's close. It's darn close. I was happy to see him have such a good game. But the man of the hour, the player of the game, my last game ball goes to DeAndre Swift. 28 carries, 175 yards on the ground, and a touchdown as first as an eagle. What a game. Like I said, I, we don't win without DeAndre Swift. Hopefully he and Rashad Penny can continue to stay healthy. I would hope the Eagles wouldn't necessarily keep giving him the ball 28 times a game, uh, unless there was a little bit more mix of a pass and and rush type situation. But yeah, he had 28 carries, 175 yards. So what, what a game from him. A couple areas of concern. It hurts now for this season, has two games under 200 yards passing, only one touchdown in each game. That's just, uh, it's not good enough. In this league, we're going to be playing the Chiefs, the Bills, the Cowboys, the 49ers, all in successive weeks, and then the Seahawks, all in successive weeks down the stretch after the bye this year. We are not going to be able to keep up with these teams if we are getting consistently less than 200 yards passing. I understand the Vikings were dropping eight guys into coverage all game. We're very often only rushing three dudes, and hats off to them, but if it comes down to a shootout, and we're getting less than 200 yards passing a game, we're going to be in trouble. I'm glad that we can still be an elite running team, and I'm glad that we finally found something that was working against this defense tonight but we really cannot keep missing out on opportunities to get the ball down the field get some chunk plays we did have one drive that was like a 15 play drive got all the way down into near the red zone took like eight minutes but then we got a holding call we got a sack a couple of sacks actually and ended up having to punt because we couldn't we just were not able to make up that chunk yardage to get to get a first down, and that was disappointing to see. As I mentioned, A.J. Brown only had four catches. He's had a quiet couple of games, only 29 yards today. Goddard had six catches for 22 yards. Running back health, we mentioned Kenny Gainwell was out with a rib injury. Boston Scott left the game today in the concussion protocol. And so now our top two running backs, or our only two active running backs on the roster right now that aren't hurt in some way or another, are two guys who have a significant and well-documented history of injuries. So again, I, I don't want DeAndre Swift necessarily running the ball consistently 28 times a game. We need to get Rashad Penny involved a little bit more Let them split the load, especially if we're not planning on going out and getting another runner. But in that breath, I will say Kareem Hunt is still available. So is it possible? Could the Eagles go out and sign a Kareem Hunt even to just the practice squad? I don't know how long this Gainwell injury with his ribs is supposed to hold him out. Will Boston Scott be out for significant time with concussion? Sometimes concussions can, can linger, and, and guys still don't pass the protocols for a number of weeks. It could be something to look at. Could a spot open up if we were to cut Britton Covey, maybe? Uh, might be interested to see if uh, anyone else can come in. It'll also be of note to keep an eye on what the Eagles do at wide receiver now that in total we have three wide receivers on this team. A.J., Devontae, and Alameda Zaccheaus. With uh, the Quez Watkins hamstring injury, we don't have a fourth option as far as wideouts are concerned. Dallas Goddard didn't have any catches last week. Had six this week, but under 30 yards. Again, that's not good enough. We need to get these guys involved in the passing game. It can't just be Devontae all the time. So will the Eagles go out and get another receiver? The nice thing about a Kareem Hunt is if someone like Swift does get injured, he could potentially fill that same kind of role. Kareem Hunt is a great runner. He's also a great pass catcher out of the backfield. And he is starting to get up there a little bit in age. I think he's 28 or 29 this year. But you bring him in on a short-term, one-year type deal, you've already got DeAndre and Penny both on one-year contracts. What's another one? If if we're gonna start to see players missing significant time, I was a little disappointed to see the pass rush from the Eagles kind of disappeared towards the end of the game. Kirk Cousins had too much time to throw the ball, and that allowed the Vikings to get back into the game down the stretch. We really need to start hitting home more. And credit to the Vikings, they had a couple of. Their offensive linemen go down in this game, and I actually think they played better once the reserves got in because, like I said before, the Eagles' pass rush almost completely disappeared, uh, especially in the fourth quarter. We just were not really hitting home. One interesting stat that came up during the game was this is the Eagles' fourth game since the start of last season where the Eagles rushed for 250 yards and three rushing touchdowns. and that is including the playoffs the rest of the entire nfl in that same amount of time the start of last season including playoffs the rest of the nfl combined has two such games where the team has rushed for 250 yards and three rushing touchdowns what an amazing feat the eagles are very committed to the run I hope they continue to commit to the run while also being a balanced attack. We can't continue to absolutely rely on 28 rushing attempts from one player, but it is nice to see that when the air attack is struggling, that we we can turn on the ground attack and just be absolutely dominant. For today's Reddit question, I found this thread in... Uh, I wanted to uh, wanted to explore this a little bit. What injury derailed a franchise? And a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people, were joking around about Drew Bledsoe and how he derailed the Raiders franchise. And a lot of other people were saying, "No, Drew Bledsoe's injury with the Patriots derailed 31 other franchises because Tom Brady." For the next 20 years, just wreaked havoc on the entire league. But in all seriousness, I was trying to think of a more recent example. I initially thought of like a Joe Theismann, but pretty sure Washington, after Theismann got injured, won at least one more Super Bowl. Pretty sure they won the Super Bowl with their backup, um, if I'm remembering correctly. So can't really say that Joe Theismann's injury necessarily derailed the, the Washington franchise. But I kept the more I came back to it, the more I thought about this, two recent examples stick out in my mind. The first is Andrew Luck with the Colts. And his was more of a string of injuries. It wasn't necessarily one specific injury. But what a sad situation. What a waste of a potential all-world Hall of Fame potential type talent where the guy just couldn't keep going because he just was hurt so much. And I don't blame him for walking away when he did. As much as I love the game of football and as much as I love watching football and as much as I used to love playing football, it's not worth crippling yourself or worse over. If there's a significant injury risk to you because you've had a significant injury history I can understand why someone wouldn't want to keep playing under those types of conditions especially once you've already made a bunch of money I can understand not wanting to go to work every day and get the crap kicked out of you so Andrew Luck in the years since and yes it kind of stinks how it all went down but the Colts up until this year have really not had anything going for them I was impressed with how their first round pick Richardson played this past week. Hopefully he can continue to play well. Anthony Richard was a was a pretty dynamic player at Florida. So hopefully that can continue and hopefully they can start to turn things around, but that was a rough couple of years there for the Colts after Andrew Luck retired because of injury. Another one that might be a little might be flying under the radar a little bit more is Cam Newton with the Panthers. You know, once Cam got hurt, didn't get re-signed, he went other places, eventually came back, was never the same player. But the Panthers haven't been the same team since Cam had that injury a few years ago. So I think that's another one. Yes, both the Panthers and the Colts now have new quarterbacks. They both have new coaches this year. We'll see how, how both of them do. But it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season goes and if these franchises are finally able to turn the corner and kind of uh, excise the ghosts of injured quarterbacks past. That's going to do it for me today. Don't have any uh, predictions for this weekend's games. I've been out of town, just got back yesterday, and really have not even had time to look at the this, this upcoming Sunday's schedules. But you can be for sure we are going to talk about a couple of games come Monday, and we'll have the breakdowns, highlights, as well as some more Reddit topics to discuss on Monday's show. Thank you for listening. I appreciate all of you for taking the time out of your day to have this discussion with me. And uh, if you would, please join our Facebook group. You can find us. We are under the, the group, the Green Feathers Gridiron Podcast. Invite your friends, share the page with other people, share the episode with other people. And I will see you next week on Monday. Have a great one, guys. I want to extend my heartfelt gratitude to all you passionate football fans for joining me on the Green Feathers Gridiron Podcast. Your support and enthusiasm drive me to keep bringing you the best of NFL analysis and spirited discussions. A special thank you goes out to Josh Hansen, Spencer Myers, and KP Brown. If you've enjoyed our deep dives into the NFL action and headlines, please take a moment to show your love by rating and subscribing to the Green Feathers Gridiron podcast on your preferred podcast platforms. Your feedback and subscriptions mean the world to me. But wait, don't keep this podcast gold all to yourself. Share it with your friends and fellow football fans who crave the same insightful conversations that you do. Together, we can build a community of fans that live and breathe the NFL. So as we wrap up this episode, remember to rate, subscribe, and share. Your involvement is key to helping this podcast reach even more fans like you. And until next time, I will see you on the road to victory.